Hello, I'm Lawrence Russell, Deputy Editor of Connectivity Business News, and welcome to the DISH podcast. Our episode today will be conducted by Joseph Gordon, departing reporter for the publication, and will be with Luisa Buenhas, co-founder of Vioma and systems engineer at the company. We want to remind our listeners about the upcoming Connectivity Next Summit 2023, presented by Connectivity Business News. The event is scheduled for November 13th to the 14th in Atlanta and will focus on trends and opportunities in satellite telecom connectivity. The summit will provide insight into the latest developments and trends that are changing how connectivity professionals create strategic plans for SATCOM development, deployment, and commercialization. Be sure to take advantage of early bird pricing while it's still available at connectivitynextsummit.com. Welcome to The Dish, the Connectivity Business News Podcast. I'm your host for this episode, Associate Editor for Connectivity Business News, Joseph Gordon. Today we are speaking with Dr. Luisa Buinas, co-founder of Vioma. Hi, nice to meet you, Joseph. Yeah, nice to meet you as well. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, tell us a little bit about Vioma. Um, I know you guys do sort of space uh, debris monitoring, but uh, I want to kind of hear it in your words. Uh, give us kind of your mission statement and your goals. Right. So we are a company that is active in space situational awareness, and this means that we, we do not only observations of space debris and satellites in general, but we also work with um, optimization and automation of satellite um, operations. And so we have the data part, the observation part, and the, the algorithms, on the other hand, to do this automation. So, for example, trying to do the automated prediction of close approaches between satellites and space debris or between two satellites, trying to predict collision risks, and in case there is uh, a risk that is sufficiently high, we, we help customers with automated planning of collision avoidance maneuvers. Yeah, I like that you bring up the, the, the space debris, and I know that's kind of been a growing uh, issue sort of in, in the, the sort of SATCOM space industry. Um, could you talk about more about Vioma's goals to increase uh, the safety of satellite operations with this in mind? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I mentioned a little bit on the, the services that we provide, so this collision detection and so on. In fact, your algorithms are really only as good as the data that you feed them with, right? So we think that in the future, um, the, the paradigm shift will be will be data. So we actually intend, we currently do observations of space objects, that is space debris and satellites, from the ground, from a network of ground-based sensors. But really, the idea is to, from the end of next year, launch our first pilot satellites that will carry space cameras to do these observations from space itself. You mentioned you're planning to launch that next year. Do you guys have a date in mind? Yeah, so we're, we're aiming for the end of next year for the pilot mission. And then we, we will slowly build up our constellation uh, over time. Can you talk to me more about some of the technology that Vioma uses for its network of sensors and cameras? Yeah, absolutely. So we're making use of optical cameras. So we're using the, the visual spectrum to make detections of debris. And what is crucial is that um, these cameras are distributed in different orbital planes um, in space. And the idea is that we actually observe space debris objects as frequently as possible. 
So just to give you a little bit of a background on what this means. So currently we rely on ground-based sensors, which are stationary. And what this means is that these sensors, ground-based sensors, they have to wait for an object to pass overhead to make a measurement. But it happens often that these sensors, they don't see the same object twice in the space of several hours, sometimes several days, which means the uncertainties associated with these objects grow exponentially over time. So we're really, by, by being spaceborne, we're taking advantage of relative geometries in order to observe space objects as frequently as possible and shrink the uncertainties associated with the positions and the trajectories of these space debris objects. So this is on the data part. And of course, then on the services part, so the, the data that we're capturing is then fed into uh, fed into our services, fed into our algorithms in order to make very robust and, and reliable predictions of close approaches and collision risks, such that then we can support operators with maneuver decisions and maneuver planning. What are some of the challenges then that uh, you guys face, technologically speaking or otherwise? Um, and kind of with that in mind, what is your outlook on space traffic management over the course of the next five years? I think that's an excellent question, actually. So when we when we started the company, I think the, the issue of space debris was just starting to pop up in the minds of, of the public and of satellite operators, right? It's it's a rather recent challenge. So one of the one of the the perhaps the, the barriers that we faced at the beginning was perhaps how conservative the industry was. So the aerospace industry is is very risk averse. And when you start talking about you know machine learning based algorithms um, and space-based observations and space cameras and so on to support satellite operators, there wasn't a huge there wasn't a huge drive, I have to say. So we we sort of have to learn how to talk um, to these decision makers in, in this industry in order to get them to understand. I mean, they understand the problem, but we had to get them to understand also the solution in order to be able uh, to, you know, pitch to them our, our solution and our technology and, and so on. Um, and we do foresee that with the growing congestion in space, there will be a major drive for operators to make processes more efficient with better data on the one hand, but with automated algorithms on the other hand. What are some of the kind of like uh, questions that you guys get from from sort of these like uh, decision makers and like what are some of the, like the concerns that they bring up and and how do you alleviate, I guess, some of those uh, uh, potential like uh, roadblocks? Well. I think one of the, the things that perhaps um, get mixed up is how our services are differentiated uh, from other companies that provide similar services. And clearly, in this case, the differentiator for us is the data. It's just not only that we have currently ground-based uh, sensors, we have a network. It's, we don't own the sensors, but we have a network of partners with ground-based sensors that are distributed across the world. And this means that we can therefore perform observations of different, different orbital regimes by having this global network of ground-based sensors, but particularly the fact that with the launch of our space cameras, we will be able to provide better and more reliable data to the satellite operators. 
and there and therefore having this this combined uh, fused data from the ground and from space will create a better uh, solution in terms of um, trajectory predictions, collision predictions, maneuver planning, and so on. So the differentiator here clearly in our case is the data. Kind of with that, also kind of with that in mind, in that same sort of like, you know, you mentioned that this is going to be a growing problem uh, and you predict that this will kind of be more. How do you foresee the industry kind of adapting to this? And what are some things that the industry should sort of keep in mind uh, as this problem kind of continues to evolve? So I think um, the industry will, on the one hand, you know, be faced with this issue of larger congestion. And because the, let's put it like this, the result of increased congestion is that you will just have more and more conjunctions or close approaches. And this means that if you are a satellite owner, your satellite will need to be switched off, removed from this nominal orbit until the risk disappears, and then the satellite needs to come back to the nominal orbit in order to, you know, continue the operations and so on. And this process of collision avoidance is very costly because it prevents um, satellite operators from generating revenue on the one hand. It limits the lifetime of the satellite because you're spending fuel for collision avoidance. And last but not least, it's a very inefficient process. So for you to plan a maneuver, it can take hours until days. And you need to bring together the, the flight dynamics, team, the mission managers, the satellite operators themselves, etc. So you, you need this kind of human in the loop, in the loop decision making process, which costs money, costs time, etc. So there is the industry being faced with this pressing issue that um, called space debris break. Because data is so bad right now, what happens is that um, satellites have to be maneuvered out of the out of their own orbits quite often and necessarily just for just for safety because the uncertainties are so large and every time that you have to do a collision avoidance maneuver you're losing missing out revenue you're spending money on mission on on maneuver planning and so on so there has to be a more efficient way of performing um these processes so on the one hand this will be a driver for technology to innovate for for new solutions so you will need more automated processes to be part of uh, space traffic manage management more and more. And this is, um, this is just one part of the puzzle, right? The second part of the puzzle, puzzle is that regulations just need to catch up. So there needs to be a harmonization of standards in terms of the hardware that is launched such that, you know, companies are not just allowed to, you know, send to space very cheaply built um, satellites that just create trash and they find that they die on arrival. So there has to be kind of a, a baseline of technology, baseline of standards that um, mitigates the launch of, of these, you know, not very radiation hardened materials. But finally, the industry itself needs to start um, to agree, and this is also connected to, to regulation, it needs to start agreeing on what kinds of data you can share with other satellite operators without, you know, having to disclose uh, IP, having to disclose um, 
anything that is um, that is very uh, core to your technology. But we need to 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 agree, we need to agree on minimum amount of, of information that you can share with other operators, such that you avoid collisions in space. One example is that if you have a satellite um, that is coming your way, how do you decide who maneuvers when? Right? It could be that in fact both of you decide to maneuver at the same time, and then you have other subsequent collisions that would come after that. So there needs to be a coordination of space traffic through the sharing of data, through the sharing of, of information among satellite operators. Thank you. That was a really good response. Talk to me more about some of the recent successes that you guys have had, um, and what are some kind of future plans that you guys have maybe yet to unveil? Well, one one of the the, the recent success that perhaps was publicized not too long ago was the closing of uh, an extended seed round. So this is a process that was ongoing for for uh, for a while, and it finally. Um, came to a closure recently, and with with all the money that we've raised so far, we act, we can actually fully cover the the pilot mission of the OMA, so the first few satellites that will go into space to observe um, space debris. And in light of these um, of these developments, we have also started uh, the manufacturing of the space cameras on the one hand, but we also kicked off the detailed design phase, what we call phase C of, of missions um, with our satellite manufacturers. So on the technical side, these are very uh, big milestones that, uh, that were achieved recently. On, I can say also on the services side, uh, we have launched um, the, the maneuver planning uh, service in, in, a beta, um, in a beta state to some users. And we onboarded recently the first uh, paying customers. So we're step by step, uh, you know, coming together in the market. Um, in what what concerns the the future plans, we would like. So I mentioned, of course, the launch of the the pilot the pilot satellites at the end of next year. We plan to build up the constellation to 12 satellites after that, up until the the year of 26, 27. So this is a, a very exciting uh, time because we we started working in parallel already in the second generation uh, cameras actually that will fly after the pilot mission. So there, there's many things going on uh, at the company, and we are very excited uh, about the future. And I think, I think that's it. Our future plans are, are, are exciting. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like yeah, you guys have a lot going on. Um, we actually wrote about your, uh, your uh, ending of your funding round. Uh, Nine point three million in, in investor funding. Uh, it's a pretty big milestone. So congrats on that. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Um, so anything else that would be good for our, our listeners to kind of uh, keep in mind or kind of look forward to? Um, yeah. I mean, if if your listeners happen to be uh, in the Munich area, I think we're we're always open for uh, for visitors in in the space domain. Um, I guess we're always um, looking forward to networking opportunities in in the conferences that that we. That we attend, but most importantly, uh, we're hiring. Uh, we're currently looking for space and ground segment uh, operations engineers. Um, we're always looking also for candidates if if you think that you have uh, a good match in terms of background and want to send in an open application, feel free to do so. 
we're an international team of 13 nationalities and we speak I think, I don't know, we once counted and it's something like 15 plus languages <laughs> altogether. So we, we do think that diversity is key for success. So get in touch if if you'd like to reach out. Awesome. Thank you so much. Well, uh, Dr. Louisa Brins, thank you so much for your time. Co-founder of Vioma, you have been listening to The Dish, a connectivity business news podcast. That's all the time we have for today. Take it easy.